0: What do you do when you need to visit family for the holidays or hang out with them on vacation? And you just know that not everybody is in that healthy kind of place where they're going to be able to show you and your spouse and kids respect and care. So many of our listeners, if they want to spend time with family, know ahead of time that it's not likely to go well or there's going to be some rough patches. So how can we prepare and protect ourselves when this is the case?
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gandell from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a realistic but helpful episode for you this week. This is episode number 262, and today we're going to be talking about when you need to visit family, and you know it's not likely to go well.
2: Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed what might be happening if you're feeling taken for granted most of the time. It's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us.
0: As always, if you are struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. All right, let's get into the topic of family visits, and we're assuming people uh, feel like they need to do this And they also know it's going to be tough, at least at times Mm -hmm. when it's happening. So for a lot of people, family visits are a time to look forward to where you enjoy spending time with your family. And I would guess for most people, they would have at least some concern about one of their parents making at least part of the time difficult or uncomfortable, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm a possible...
2: Or or another sibling or relative of some sort.
0: And I know there's other folks where they feel an obligation to honor their parents by visiting them, but they also know that there are going to be some legitimate hardships during that visit. Okay. But maybe they get along fine with their mom and so they're just going to go or whatever. Right. Okay. Now, you know, we'll talk at the very end about how safety kind of trumps everything, but again, we're just assuming dysfunctional family, not like unsafe family, like very much literally unsafe family.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So, Let's just kind of start I thought me with a quick review of for a reminder of the signs of a toxic relationship okay? okay If you're put down a lot or if you experience passive aggressive behaviors or comments from a family member, that's probably evidence of a toxic relationship or toxic person. So for example, they might bring something up out of the blue like why did you not invite me to that movie you went to and but it's just sort of really being inflated into a larger issue instead of a legitimate complaint or something that was missed oh, out on. Okay. Or they might tell your wife something that they want you to hear, but they don't have the moral courage to confront you directly. So, they're going to complain to her and let her sort it out with you. Okay. So, that's kind of a little bit more, you know, from the milder to a little bit more moderate passive-aggressive, right? Another sign of toxicity is if you find the person consistently attempting to cross boundaries that you've set. Like, they know the boundaries there, and they're going to step right over them anyways. Okay, And when this happens, you might withdraw or feel anxious or uncomfortable, perhaps not even really recognizing why sometimes. And if you notice this reaction in yourself, it might be because, again, that boundary has been crossed. So it's kind of pay attention Mm -hmm. to what you're experiencing as a signal that This could be a toxic person too, right? Okay. So we'll talk more about setting boundaries at the end of today's show, but the reality is that many people, despite having difficult family members, feel the need to continue to make visits or to spend time with them, even though they might be sarcastic or narcissistic or ill-mannered or toxic. Mm -hmm. still happens, right? So the question is, what's the best way to handle that reality where we kind of have this obligation to do the family time, Yeah. but we know it's not going to be easy.
2: Okay. So how do we handle these
0: visits? So first thing is to prepare beforehand. If you know you're going to a family gathering and you have a difficult relationship with one or more family members there, it can even help just to practice good self-care before going on that visit. So just kind of being on top of your own game, sleep, good nutrition, Mm -hmm. kind of going in feeling good, like feeling well, that can help you to be in a positive frame of mind before meeting with family members. So you got a little bit sort of in the reserves. Okay. You're not running on empty heading into the situation.
2: Right. Okay.
0: It's also a good idea to get on the same page with your spouse. Ideally, like you guys can be together recognizing this. You can kind of go in as a a team. If there's predictable patterns of behavior that you know you're going to be facing. So what are the things that you guys are going to decide to ignore or to put up with or to tolerate? Mm -hmm. What are the behaviors that one or both of you would consider severe enough to confront or to walk out on? Okay. Maybe, right? Yeah. What are your shared boundaries that you both agree to? How, what do you need to support? What do you need for support? What do you want to give your spouse to support him or her? Okay. What are your absolute no-go zones? Like, we're just not tolerating that. Okay. That kind of thing. So the question is, how do you face this as a team? How do you support and maintain your connection with one another in the face of these challenges that you expect to be coming, right? So preparation is super helpful. Okay. And feel free to chip in here from your own wisdom, too, for Linda. The next thing is to do what you can to work with the relationship. So it doesn't hurt to remind ourselves that some toxic relationships can actually turn and become healthy. Sometimes people just go through a phase or even just slip into a way of relating to us that isn't really a true reflection of their deeper values or who they are. Mm -hmm. And in that case, accountability might be useful. You might decide you want to gently call them out. If they're being passive-aggressive, let them know how this kind of behavior is hurtful to you. Maybe there's something causing the behavior, like that somehow you hurt them, but you don't know about it.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's a
0: possibility, too, right? Yeah. And at the same time, you may wish to acknowledge their feelings. If they're, even if it's a passive aggressive complaint or something like that, you can say, you know what? I didn't know you were upset about that. So acknowledging their feelings can help. Yeah. Sort of so it's good to remember de-escalate. that. Yeah. Typically remaining silent or else trash talking the person to your spouse is not going to really help that other person to grow. So it might be worth confronting some of these behaviors to see if the person is willing and able to respond.
2: Okay. Like not, I agree. Not everybody that-
0: is difficult and unchangeable or unreachable or uninfluenceable, right? Right. Some people are.
2: Okay. Like I agree you don't need to trash talk the person to your spouse, but sometimes you need to hash stuff out with your spouse. Yeah. Like, did you hear this the same way I did? Did you interpret it the same way? Absolutely. Did you, okay.
0: But trash talking is just you guys spiraling together down into a negative hole that isn't really sorting anything out.
2: Yeah, but sometimes it feels good.
0: <laughs> well, you do need to vent. Yes. You do need to vent and be able to, uh, you know, have that privilege with one another too.
2: At, but not in front of the kids either, necessarily. Yep.
0: Preferably not at all. So yes. now if if you confront a person or you try addressing something or or whatever, where it's like, you know what, I think this is fixable, but they don't respond, then it might be time to set some healthy boundaries until the person is in a place where they can relate to you with kind of those basic elements of respect and care. Just be thoughtful here and not judgmental. Like, it's easy to write a family member off as toxic, especially like an in-law. Yeah, Right. Okay. And sometimes it's just a bad recipe, you and them and the circumstances you each find yourselves in. Well, shifting that recipe somehow may be all that's required in order to bring your relationship back onto an even keel. Okay. So try to stay balanced. And again, this is, uh, I think this is why I said no trash talking is because if you're just going to jump on each other's negativity and confirmation biases, Right, You can paint this picture of this awful person and you're not really giving them a chance. so
2: And nothing's going to change if yeah. all you're doing is blaming them because you yeah. can't change the other person. Yeah. But I like what you say about that recipe. Yeah. And so sometimes you just need to shift an ingredient and you might be that ingredient. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially if you know, like you've always had good visits and last time something didn't go well. You know, consider the possibility there's something going on in their life and yours at the same time. You guys mm-hmm. just weren't kind of ready for each other at that moment. But it happened because it was Thanksgiving and you were together anyways. Okay. Well, do you need to address that? What do you need to do? Do you know what I mean? Right. Maybe it got a little toxic, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to be defining. Okay. Now, another thing to consider is structuring the length of the visit. Sometimes it just helps to figure out how long to make your visits with the other party. This is assuming it's a more chronically difficult person you might come to realize that a few hours is usually fine. Like if you live in the same city, can you kind of chunk your interactions into blocks of time where you know you're likely to at least have an okay time together for that period because it's limited. Mm -hmm. If you travel from a distance for the visit, can you notice if staying three or four days is fine? Maybe a week is fine. But after that, things start to go sideways. Like it's just too long. Mm Okay. Just paying attention to duration may help here. And if your family member is quite a distance away, like you have to travel even internationally, then you might not have as much control over that time period. Mm-hmm. In that, you're not going to fly, like, you know, to Europe for two days two, from yes. North America, right? <laughs> right. But maybe you can break up the visit with a side trip to somewhere. It may require some compromise, but do try to stay in charge of the length of visits and remember that longer visits are not necessarily better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just knowing that helps too.
2: Yeah. Or structuring the visit itself. Like, you know what? We're going out for the day. Yeah. You can,
0: like, it doesn't have to be purely family time. It could be purely and vacation or family and vacation. I mean, stuff like that, right? Yeah. So just to help again, we created a bonus guide again for this episode that contains additional tips and tricks. If these family visits are tricky times for you, just more ideas, more resources as you're considering to to how you can make this um, as, as least painful as possible, maybe would be a good goal for some people or even uh, possibly enjoyable for others, depending on your context. Right. So you can get that by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll take a quick 60-second break here to tell you more about that.
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
0: So another option related to the duration thing for Linda... Uh, yep. Before the break, we're talking about the length of the visit, doing what you can to work with the relationship. But another option is to take breaks as you need them. So this could be anything from leaving the house for a quick walk.
2: Oh, okay. This is what I was saying just before the break. Yeah. Get some fresh air. Yeah.
0: Perhaps even taking a three-day mini side trip with your spouse during your 10-day visit with your parents. Yeah. Right. Also- uh, can... I would like
2: that even though I get <laughs> along with my parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you adjust the accommodations so that you have some personal space or an area to retreat to? Would it even make sense to stay in a hotel? Do you have to stay in the family home?
2: Mm, yeah.
0: Or to rent a car so that you can drive yeah. somewhere. So you have some options available to you in order to be able to take a break when you need to. The mental benefit of having of knowing that you can get away could be enough, even right. if you don't use even it a lot. if you don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. So taking breaks is good too. Another thing to do that's healthy, again, with our comments our caveats around uh, not just having a huge sort of family bashing moment, but debriefing afterwards. And there's more on this in our bonus guide for this episode. But after the family visit, make sure you debrief with your spouse. So if you ended up having a difficult conversation with a family member or experiencing something hurtful, talk to your spouse about what happened.
2: So this isn't trash talking the family member.
0: It's processing your feelings, okay, emotions, and experiences. And it's important as you do this that your spouse doesn't just get angry and figure out how to retaliate, but your spouse acts as a support and a confidant and just validates your experience. Okay. Remember, you probably don't need a solution as much as you need a companion. And so someone who hears and Mm -hmm. understands who'll walk with you through the reality of difficult family visits, that's a huge blessing.
2: Right. Yep.
0: And then it's also helpful to just work on keeping things in perspective. A family member, you know, one harsh comment from a family member can really color your entire perspective of that person, but try to keep the bigger picture in mind. Is that all of who that person is or just a part? Are all of your relationships with all of your family members toxic or is it just one or two or maybe even three people? So just sort of balancing things out into the larger picture. Yeah. And finally, it's also helpful to build a support network around you so that you don't just have family. Positive, inspiring, uplifting relationships can be an, a really superb antidote for toxic relationships. Okay. Now, that's one option. Another option, and this should also be a healthy relationship, is a therapy relationship. So if you've been exposed to toxic relationship or a toxic family environment for a long time, you're experiencing those long-term issues, even you mm-hmm. feel somewhat traumatized possibly, because we did did talk about trauma in our title for this episode. Yeah. Therapy can be helpful to process that trauma. Okay. To figure out what are the boundaries I want to set, that kind of thing. Yeah. Another option is positivity training can help condition your mind to see things differently. If you think it's possible that maybe you just got sort of out of perspective on this. Right. That's another option.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, Forming close relationships with different healthy family members can also be helpful. So, for example, having a close and supportive relationship with your siblings, that can be a buffer against the trauma from a very difficult parent or intrusive, controlling grandparent, maybe. Okay. Uh, Similarly, if you go to family gatherings with your spouse, they can be a source of strength and support to you. If you need to be there, you can still go in with support. That's a great thing to consider to have as well. Okay. Now... We should talk about boundaries at the end here, but even before boundaries, the most severe form, which is like when to drop the axe and when to set a boundary that really is not actually a boundary, but it's a a legitimate cutoff. Okay. A lot of the time I see this being misused. So I just ask folks to kind of follow me carefully here. If your safety or your children's safety is ever at risk, setting boundaries may mean not seeing that person even if they are okay. a family member. yeah. Just because someone is a family member, it does not mean that you have to see them over a holiday because that's what everybody does. If it's mm. not safe to do so, your yeah. safety and your children's safety trumps their need to have you spend time with them because you're a family, quote unquote, right? Right. So in other words, the people in the family are more important than the institution of the family. Okay. Safety comes first.
2: Okay. So how do you know when your I mean, it's easier to gauge when your own safety is at risk. But how would you know if your child's safety is at risk?
0: Well, I think you really want to watch for a lot of resistance from your kids to go to a certain place. I mean, that's a huge signal. They might or not even tell you Or even a certain why.
2: person. Like if so-and-so's there, I'm not going.
0: Yep. Or they get very upset. Okay. Or they suddenly get sick. Mm. Any of those could be signals that something's going on here that we don't know about it, but it's not safe. Okay. Yeah.
2: So you need to pay attention to those.
0: Yep. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that?
2: No, I think that's good. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I don't know. I think it's easy to say, like, so-and-so insulted my kid. You know, my child's not safe. I'm going to cut them off. Is that kind of what you're thinking? No,
0: we're not talking, like, with all due respect, we're not talking about snowflakey stuff. Okay. Like, if someone's regularly verbally abusive to your children, yeah, Yeah. fair enough. But, you know, if... All of us humans hurt other humans. Right. So just because a human hurt one of my little people doesn't necessitate dropping the axe. Okay. Unless there's a pattern of behavior or the hurt was so severe. Okay. And I, you know what I mean? So this is not about hissy fits and maintaining grudges and that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. Like sometimes we need to do the work of forgiveness. Sometimes we need to do the work of addressing something with someone. Right. Have difficult conversations. But I'm, you know, I'm more saying like if there's such, there's real
2: so like abusive behavior
0: clear safety issues yeah
2: okay okay yep.
0: now in most relationships coming back to sort of boundaries now yeah. away from terminations or cutoffs i'll, I'll just say cutoffs termination sounds like you're going to assassinate someone <laughs> But terminating a relationship is what I meant. Yes. In most relationships, boundaries do not have to mean a complete cutoff, but it's still important to set boundaries to ensure or to protect your own mental health or your own emotional safety, maybe your families, your childrens, your spouses, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for you to decide what's okay and what's not okay and what positions you will put yourself into and what positions you will choose to avoid or to leave, to get out of, right? And you can set those limits. No one else is likely to do that for you. Setting boundaries appropriately and assertively is a good way to protect yourself either from or in toxic relationships. Okay. Now, you don't have to pretend a behavior is okay if it's not. If someone's crossing a boundary that you set, you don't have to act like it's okay. When you do pretend that it's okay, you actually welcome further boundary Mm -hmm. violations. Mm -hmm. So, if you're going to set a boundary, you have to be prepared to hold the boundary too.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Being assertive about that boundary is fine. And you don't have to be aggressive when you're asserting the boundary, necessarily. Okay. And nor should you allow the other person to cast you as aggressive and dismiss you in that sense, if you're not being that. Okay. But boundaries are just a way of stating the terms on which you're happy to have a loving, respectful relationship with someone else.
2: Okay, say that again.
0: That's a very important definition. Boundaries are just a way of stating the terms on which you're happy to have a loving, respectful relationship with someone else.
2: That's really good. Yeah. Because I think most people think boundaries of like a way of eliminating relationships.
0: No. But that's not
2: what they actually are. They're
0: not. Boundaries aren't about avoiding people or cutting people off. Rather building good, enriching, enhancing relationships and patterns of relating to each other. Okay. So we can continue this discussion if you're willing to, if you're ready to speak to me without swearing at me. That's a boundary that's saying, I'm happy to engage
2: In in this
0: relationship with you. Yeah. But not with this behavior. So you're setting okay. a boundary on the behavior not cutting hmm. the person off.
2: So then it's even like a positive thing.
0: Yeah, you're giving them a chance to have more connection with you and you're letting them know how.
2: Right. So I think it's our own it's our own weakness or inability or fear maybe.
0: Could be fear. It's that scary. That we don't set
2: boundaries, that we just yeah. it's easier to cut the person off. Yep. Than yep. to actually state a need and a boundary.
0: Yep. Like if I and if you think about just put yourself on the other side of it, right? because we all know and can think back to time in our lives when we had an interaction with someone and we did something mm-hmm. that hurt them, and we didn't find out till later, and we didn't really know, and it wasn't really intentional uh, yeah. and right?
2: through someone else, even,
0: yeah, so would you rather yeah. have had that person walk out of your life and you never really know, but you just kind of lost that relationship, or would you rather have them come back and say, "You know what? like I'd like to be your friend, but when you do this, it really hurts, right. Well, I'd like to know so I can adjust, right, yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the chance that you're offering this person. And that's we should be kind of more inclined to do this in family because family's family. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Now if you set the boundary, state the boundary, they blow you off, dismiss you, then they might be, you know, showing you that they're not safe. Right. Or if they refuse it. No, I and reserve you, the right to swear at you and cuss you out and slap you when I feel like it, even though you're my adult son. It's and like you,
2: no, I need to enforce the boundary. Okay.
0: If well, if you're gonna do that, then I can't be here. Okay. Right. So that's when you start you move towards the cutoff. Because that's, se- that's a much more severe right. violation.
2: Okay. Well, thank you to Larry and Cindy who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. And thank you to all of our patrons supporters. Yes. Next week, Caleb.
0: We're talking about the impact of husbands' porn use on wives. And a lot of the time when I'm working with porn addicted husbands, they say to me, you know what? I really didn't understand how much of an impact this was having on my wife or how much this would have on her when she discovered it. I had no idea. Mm. And so it's not going to be a shaming episode, but hopefully one that motivates more people to get help for their porn addiction, because yeah, it really does floor your spouse. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link 262. Find out how you can help go to
1: oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the marriage podcast for smart people from only you forever.